welcome to the show. I appreciate you tuning in. You're listening to Vote Your Conscience with Kevin Stolba. To start us out, I'll just let you know where you can find us. Uh, we are on Instagram at underscore vote underscore your underscore conscience underscore. And we also have a Twitter and a personal Instagram as well. And uh, we would appreciate it if you could leave a review on any of the podcasting platforms that you're listening to. Help us spread our message out. Now that that's out of the way, on the last episode, we went over what my ideas on um, the federal tax system are. So what I'm proposing is more of a revenue tax over an income tax and the revenue tax would actually be coming out of a business's revenue as all of the dollars come in instead of coming out of the employee's pockets uh, as income tax. So uh, I cover all my ideas about that in the last episode. And then on this episode, I'm just going to go over a continuation because I had a lot more to say about how our tax system is set up right now and why I want the government Uh, at least the federal government, size reduced and for them to take less taxes from us. What I would prefer is that they take no income tax or revenue tax and that we have uh, very specific taxes on different actual, you know, privileges, as some people would call it, like driving and um, different amenities. So ways to tax the military could have to do with different types of weapon sales um, and you know, different types of um, specific taxes that the federal government and the Congress would be able to make up instead of a broad sweeping tax like income tax that just comes directly out of a worker's pay. And they're literally taking, you know, your resources that you produced, your production goes directly to them. And it's anywhere from you know, 12% up to, I think the highest right now is 36%. But uh, on top of that, you're getting Medicaid, Medicare, and Social Security taken out of it as well. And all of that, even before they take that 12%, even if you have a lower lower income level uh, than they can tax, you're still going to end up paying that 15% out. And I know there's arguments for Social Security and for Medicaid and Medicare but I think that uh, people should be able to fund their own retirements and that the federal government shouldn't get to take 15% of our money right off the bat, just so that uh, people can be protected in retirement if they reach retirement age. Uh, so that's basically you know, my opinion on why we shouldn't be taxed, um, particularly from income because it doesn't correlate to what the government does with spending. So the government and the Congress, they decide what uh, our spending should be. So they create legislation of how our money, how all the tax dollars are to be spent. On top of our tax dollars, they can also borrow money from the Federal Reserve Banking System. And they write these bills, and then they borrow the money, and they decide what that money should be spent on. So we gave them the power by voting them in. But I think that the United States population, the citizens should actually have a lot more say in what our money is spent on, uh, federally at least, you know, at the state level, like I said, I mean, uh, the state levels 
have less power than the federal government at this point, but I believe that the state should have more power over its citizens than the federal government because they actually live closer to you and that government is dealing with the same issues that you are, unlike the federal government. So uh, I basically believe that the federal government is just to solve disputes between states and then also to have a military that can protect us internationally and to do, you know, international business dealings um, and treaties, negotiations, international politics, not to rule over all the people who live within the 50 states. Um, so basically, all of these taxes, you know, what frustrates me the most about the federal government taking all of our taxes, um, our tax money, is mostly that they don't spend it the way that I would prefer it to be spent. So um, just as an example, you know, all of the different bailouts that have been done over uh, the past few years here, but also in 2008 and in the early 2000s, and bailouts have been going back until you know the 70s and even previous. I don't that I don't know about. I'm sure since the Federal Reserve Bank has been created in 1913. Right now, people think that it's absurd to not have an income tax. So it started in 1913 with the 16th Amendment. And at that point, it was only 2%, and it was really only for people with a uh, higher income. So most people didn't have to pay an income tax at all. And it was basically created to fund our banking system that they created to stabilize our markets. And that obviously hasn't worked as we've seen booms and busts ever since the Federal Reserve was created. Its literal only job was to stabilize the economy so that it didn't fluctuate in the same way with uh, the booms and the busts like before 1913 when it was created. Um, that didn't last very long. As everyone knows, uh, you know, the Great, Great Depression happened at the end of the 20s. So, you know, there was the boom in the 20s and those booms and those busts are not supposed to happen under the Federal Reserve System. Uh, at least that was how they pitched it to the public. But in reality, the Federal Reserve creates the booms and the busts, and people believe that they're doing their best. Uh, I believe that they intentionally do it, and they work for the powerful, uh, the rich, the powerful, the you know high up people in the government and in the biggest corporations. Now, that being said, Either way, everyone should know that it hasn't been working that well because there has been many booms and busts. We keep having massive growth and then giant collapses. Everyone can see that in the same thing as the 2008 collapse. And then, I mean, during COVID, obviously, you know, people have a ton of different opinions on what should have been done there. But either way, you know, the Federal Reserve couldn't stabilize the economy. And I don't believe that an economy is really made to be stabilized. So there are going to be booms and busts and it's based on, you know, macroeconomics. There's many books written about this and it's just how a free market fluctuation works. Like I've said in past episodes, I don't believe we live in a free market. So I think that the market is partially free and then a lot of the market is really controlled by you know, a few multinational corporations and people high up in our government. One of the main things, you know, people thinking that income tax is 
you know, here to stay. It's just a thing that everyone, it's, it's just natural now, you know, it's the norm and it's always been around. Well, it hasn't, you know, a hundred years really isn't that long in the larger scheme of things. So these things can be changed. And, you know, just like Roe versus Wade was overturned, uh, just, I believe last year that was, um, people never thought that would happen. You know, that had been the precedent for 50 years. Well, these things can change. And I believe that the way that our federal government should be funded should be drastically different rather than taking it out of the pocket of every worker. So what could be done with all of that extra money, you know, uh, if it was in your pocket instead of going to the federal government for them to spend money on whatever they want. So everyone in the Congress, you know, has all these different ideas of where they should spend all that money. I mean, they their uh, revenue that they get the IRS that the IRS collects is around three and a half trillion dollars a year at this time. So um, they get an, a very substantial amount of money to use every year, and then they can't stay within that budget anyway. They don't even go close. You know, some years they double it. Most years they're multiple trillions of dollars over budget. So they're not even able to use $3.5 trillion responsibly. They don't know how to stop spending your money. That's why I don't think that our money should be going to them in that way. Um, just as, a, as an example, the things that you know I'm the most upset about, about them using our money, is the government takes your money and then they use it to bail out large corporations. They use it to subsidize large corporations. Whether you agree with the subsidies or not doesn't really matter because it's not their job to subsidize industries. So some people are happy that electric vehicles are subsidized and that different, you know, solar panels and um, environmental friendly uh, subsidies and tax credits, all sorts of stuff like that. A lot of people are happy about that. But the oil industry also gets subsidies. So I'm not happy about either of them. I don't believe that the government should be involved in these industries. I believe that what should happen to these industries is based on the demand that the citizens in our country creates for that. So if people want to drive cars that have gas, okay, then the oil industries will have to, you know, thrive on how many people want that over the electric vehicles. If people want electric vehicles, then the industry will thrive on their money. So the government just taking money and deciding to throw it into, you know, either or both of these industries, which when you're there, when they're throwing it into both industries, it's just completely absurd. As you can see, that makes no sense. They're literally funding the oil companies while they're saying they want to destroy them. And then they're also funding the electric car companies to compete with them. So people may argue with me that that's because we have Republicans and we have Democrats, you know, in the Congress and everyone tries to throw their little, uh, you know, pet projects onto the bills. Well, I don't believe that they should have pet projects like that. I think that what should dictate, you know, how successful some companies are has nothing to do with who you elected to Congress. Um, you know, it should be based on who wants these products. So when you're buying products, you are, you know, like I've said in the past, casting a vote for more of that product to be created. So when the Congress does it for you with trillions of dollars, they are pushing the future ahead, 
no matter what you think it should look like, who cares about your little purchases? They're going to spend three and a half trillion dollars. So what they're spending it on, I know lots of people are against, you know, all sorts of different wars. So some people are against the Ukraine war. Some people are, uh, or at least us funding the Ukraine war. And then uh, some people are for us funding the Ukraine war. Well, no matter what you think, our government's doing it anyway, and they're spending a trillion dollars on um, the military, not in Ukraine. Our military is not there, but we are sending them money for that war, and they're spending all this money on our military being all over the world, whether or not you like it. So it has nothing to do with your opinion other than, sure, you voted for those people, but you already know my opinion on that as You've really only been presented with two options. I mean, literally in the Congress, I think there's only a few independents and every single other person out of 535 Congress members are Democrats and Republicans. So those are the people who get to decide what to do with all this money. And like I went over in the last episode, and I think a few episodes ago as well, the federal government um, is spending a third to half of our money. So it really just depends on how you're looking at it. Um, during COVID, it was exceptionally high because of the emergency, you know, whether or not you think that um, COVID was an emergency, whether or not you thought, you know, lockdowns should have taken place or bailouts of, you know, companies like Boeing and uh, all sorts of airlines. So I don't believe that they should have been bailed out. I don't think that the government has any place in bailing out any companies, really, the companies are supposed to stand alone. They're supposed to be operating in a free market competition. When the government chooses which companies to give money to, you don't allow for the competition. You don't allow for someone else to come up. So if someone else is wanting to start an airline, maybe they would have been able to weather COVID without the subsidies. Well, they should be allowed to try. And people might say, well, the airlines would have never made it through you know, without these uh, bailouts. So what would we have done? Uh, maybe there'd be no airplanes then flying around. Well, you already know that's not true. What's going to happen to all of them? They're just going to go away? No, someone with money who prepared some of the airlines who still saved money and didn't need a bailout, they would scoop up all those planes at a discount. While all these other airlines that were irresponsible, like people say, them doing stock buybacks instead of preparing for a catastrophe, the better company, the one that was safer, smarter, more competitive, and is benefiting the customers more because they're literally using your money to do what you want them to do, which is create airplane flights. So if the government has to bail them out, they clearly didn't do what they were supposed to do. They're supposed to provide flights to different locations. That's their whole job. That's what they do. So when the government comes and goes, well, here you go, that gets rid of my opportunity and your opportunity to make a separate airline that can compete without government funds because the government's not going to help you and me who already don't have the big business. But if you want to become big business, then you don't have that opportunity because the government's already chosen who's going to be there. Just as an example, uh, I can think of a nice solution to instead of giving airlines, you know, billions of dollars or Boeing billions of dollars for nothing to just wait the storm out. Um, airlines could have offered, you know, vacations for when they're back up and running 
at a discount as long as you paid now. So they could have weathered the storm with your money right now. I know when I was sitting at home and the government was sending me money, I would have loved a discounted flight for the future to plan for a vacation because I already know I'm going to go on a vacation in the future, you know, when the lockdowns are over. So they could have gotten my money then easily. There was, you know, a hundred million people sitting at home just collecting uh, paychecks without going out and spending money like they normally do. So, you know, there was many ways that um, other people had to compete, you know, in restaurants instead of being open, they had to produce food and deliver or only do carry out. You know, they had to switch their entire models. They had to build little igloos up in Michigan, little plastic igloos uh, for people to sit outside so that they could stay with the social distancing. But these airlines just got billions of dollars for doing nothing for some reason. You know, Boeing, the, the government, if they wanted to give them money, they could have had Boeing build some more planes for them. They could have said, hey, we need you to build some planes. In the future, you owe us planes. Instead, what they did was go, here's some money right now. And for some of the bailouts, I get some people will always argue, well, the government loans money to these companies. So what's the government now? My tax dollars that I give the government, well, that they take from me because I would never give them to them uh, willingly. They get to loan them out now on interest to whatever company they think deserves money. So why would they do that? If the bank doesn't believe in that company and won't give them any more money, why would our government back them? That's completely absurd. So I'm not giving money to the government and donating to them so that they can build big businesses and loan money to businesses and bail out businesses, decide winners and losers in the market. That's what crushes the market. That's what gives all these huge companies power over us. That's why when people are upset about all the power of these corporations, it's because the government helps fund them. They make rules in their favor. That's why I'm obviously for, you know, voting your conscience and your conscience. And hopefully one of those, uh, you know, your conscience would be telling you that the Republicans and the Democrats have both been screwing you. They're not here to help you. The Democrats aren't here to help you. And the Republicans aren't here to help you. I'm not saying that the Libertarians or the Green Party are here to help you either. I'm an advocate for many more parties, but also just voting for individuals, individuals being able to run campaigns. We don't live in the 50s. We don't live, you know, 100 years ago. We have individuals that make, a, you know, a GoFundMe. And they raise a million dollars for whatever their project is, or if they are disabled or have a disease that they're working on, they need help with, you know, getting funded that way. Why can't a campaign be funded that way just through, you know, being put out into the public without a massive party behind you? So the Democrats and the Republicans have all this money behind them already. Well, we've already seen these models challenged in a lot of other industries like media being challenged by, you know, podcasters, uh, Joe Rogan getting more views than any media personality does, you know, with every episode of his podcast that he does over all these different news organizations. So we've already seen this is that the power of the public um, to change the industries, you know, all we have to do is take that over into politics as well. And start funding individual people that you like. You know, if you like the person on the stage and you know 
well, they're not the favorite. They're not going to end up being the Democratic nominee. Encourage them with your money to go against their own party, which they claim they're in that party. But I think most of those people, they just want to be president. So they don't care actually what party they're in. Um, they would love to go independent. So, you know, we need to start taking that as an idea that there's more than two people in any of these uh, government races. And I'm pretty off topic on this, but the only way that an income tax would ever be repealed is if Congress was drastically changed. I mean, this isn't even a, you know, talking point. At this point, like right now, the Republicans are messing around uh, talking about implementing you know, like a 30% federal sales tax instead of income tax. That's that's not going to be great either. But I think they're just pushing it more to mess with the Democrats at this point and possibly even confuse the public about where we're supposed to be, you know, funding the government with. Uh, I don't think that that 30% sales tax is ever going to replace the income tax and it shouldn't. That doesn't make sense to me either. Um, but the main thing, you know, that I was trying to get to is our tax money isn't going where we want it. Most people, if you talk to, you know, any random person, they're probably not going to be happy about every little dollar that the government spent. And it's because we don't get to choose where it goes. Where do all, where does all this money go? You know, it goes to corporate interests, war, keeping power away from the average citizen. So. They do uh, making all these different domestic policing agencies, you know, different police agencies, the FBI, the NSA, TSA, um, you know, adding all these IRS agents, COVID tracking people during COVID. I mean, they made 100,000 COVID trackers. You know, I go up to pay my property taxes in the local uh, little White Lake Township office here, and there's a lady whose job it is to sit there and track who's coming in here. And whether or not they've had a COVID test, if they're wearing their mask, if they're whatever, they made, you know, 100,000 of these people all over the country just tracking people. So they spent billions and billions of dollars on this. So, you know, whether or not you're for people, you know, the government tracking this uh, disease that was going around, spending all of this money to do so, to just have someone just sitting there waiting for you to walk into a, you know, government building to track you and write your name down everywhere you go. Uh, I mean, is that a good use of your money that you'd like to see being spent that way? Um, you know, on top of that, like I already mentioned, you know, the 2008 bailouts, the CARES Act uh, during COVID was massive. Uh, we've just had these recent bank bailouts. So they're not really bank bailouts. They're not bailing out the actual bank, they're bailing out the money above the limit of what they're supposed to. So the government's just deciding that. We already have a system in place to protect your bank account up to $250,000. It's an FDIC insured bank account and any major bank, your bank account's going to be insured under that. So our government decided, oh, well, if you have more than $250,000, well, you shouldn't lose any of that either. So we're just going to send that money to everybody who has over $250,000. Well, I don't have over $250,000. My bank didn't go under either, but had it, I would have already been insured. But the guy who has way more money than me, 
he wouldn't have been insured if he had that money all in one bank account and wasn't responsible. Because if you're responsible and you have a million dollars, you split it into four different bank accounts so that you're insured at different banks. If you're not responsible, you lose that money if your bank goes out of business. You're supposed to look into you know, what your bank's been doing, if it's a responsible business or not. That's how you decide to do business with anybody. So you should do that with your bank as well to make sure they're not going out of business. The government's trying to take away all that responsibility and saying, oh, well, we'll just insure you. We'll take care of you. They're not going to take care of you. They're using your money. They're, they're using your money to do this anyway. So even if you had $500,000 and you had it in one bank and the government you know, paid out to you, that's good for you, sure. But whose money just went to you? You know, you have more money than most average Americans, and my taxes just paid for your bank to go out of business, but you still got your money. That's without my choice. If it was my choice, I wouldn't be giving my money to you. Um, so that's just another example. Um, AIG still exists right now. I, I think that there is something going on with them, though, and I think they're not doing that well. But in 2008, in the bailouts, they got $182 billion. So this is an absurd amount of money. This is almost 5% of what the entire budget is, uh, not budget, but income, revenue of our federal government. Okay, and they gave this to AIG, one company. So somehow... AIG is so important as to take 5% of our entire uh, federal income. And I believe in 2008, our income wasn't as high as it is now. So it would have been even higher than 5%. I've had people argue with me whether or not AIG should have got this bailout because, you know, they said, well, the economy would have collapsed if AIG didn't get this money. You know, all these millions of people would be out of insurance. And I believe it was something like 350,000 employees that AIG had would have been out of business. Okay, well, how about you take that $182 billion, you know, since it's not your money, it's money that you collected from the American people. And instead of giving it to a massive corporation that has a giant market share of the insurance policies, why don't you insure those millions of people? You have $182 billion. You could temporarily insure those people until they find other insurance companies. Uh, 350,000 employees, um, you can easily pay their salaries for three months, six months, a year, 10 years. I mean, literally 10 years. You could pay them for a lifetime with $182 billion. So them losing their jobs, not a big deal at all for our economy. People thinking that the economy is going to collapse because AIG goes out of business. Uh, what are all those insurance agents going to do now? Are they just gone now because they lost their jobs? They can't make their own business, make 50 businesses, 100, 1,000 insurance companies that now have to compete instead of AIG just existing, being massive in the marketplace with this bailout. And people can say, well, it was a loan. It's not a bailout. Well, it's a bailout. It's free money for them. They already had loans. They had tons of loans from all the banks just conglomerating into them, and they were going under because they couldn't pay their debt. So why would our government put faith in them? Well, yeah, if you're going to throw $182 billion at them, if you give it to me, I think I could get out of my debt too. 
you know, but they're not going to give it to me. They're going to give it to one of the largest corporations in the world and the largest insurance company at the time in our country, $182 billion. So this is why I don't want the government to keep having more and more money, more and more power. They give it to all of the people that don't need it because those people help them get into power in the first place, the people in the government. So I would not be happy, you know, giving the government my taxes. If this wasn't a legal requirement, I would never give them that money. So if they had line items of what I could pay taxes to and I could choose, then I would probably give a percentage of my money towards different causes. You know, if it was like this goes directly to military spending, this goes to intervention in this country specifically, even, I would go that far that I would go, okay, I'm for that. I'm not for this. And Americans could literally vote with dollars if they wanted to, or we could at least have some control over where the spending is. But no, there's 535 people in our Congress and they just get to decide where all that money goes. So I want them to have as little as possible. This doesn't just happen sometimes. So this is all the time. They're constantly making all of these bills and you'll never know what's in them because they make them hundreds of pages, even thousands of pages long of different line items, different organizations that are going to be created, all sorts of bills. One recent one was the Chips and Science Act. So this was billions of dollars that goes to uh, microchip manufacturers and there was some you know, research grants in there and stuff as well that actually made up uh, a lot of it as well. But uh, some of the companies that would be getting money directly, I mean, they're getting this money to develop microchips in America. These are companies like Intel and Apple that already have billions of dollars. Okay. So people might say, oh, but this requires them to build more microchips in America, which is better for our security and it's better for our American economy. Well, what if I told you that they gave the companies the money and then the companies still being companies that are greedy and want to save money, took that money, built some factories, didn't hire very many people, made some microchips in America, and then still used all of their other money to buy microchips from China and other countries and still manufacture in other countries at a much lower cost. Why would they stop doing that if they got free money? They would just add some more production here that would never be able to compete with the other production that they already have running in other countries at a fraction of the labor, a fraction, tiny fraction of the labor. So our government just throwing money like this if it was in our hands, the citizens' hands, we could choose to say, oh, Intel, they're deciding to make chips in America. These, you know, this laptop that I'm buying is an extra $100. It's an extra $200 for the Made in America model, okay? And we could choose to purchase those. Now, how much more incentive would that give them to make it in America rather than the government handing them billions of dollars to just say they're going to make chips in America? Because where is the requirements? What if they spend all the money and then they don't make the chips in America? What's the punishment? 
It's very easy to pretend like you tried to make factories here and it didn't work out. Oh, the hiring make market's so hard. Oh, it's so hard to get brass. It's so hard to get silicone. It's so hard. There's all these different things in America. It's really hard to get. They can just say that this plan didn't work out and they dumped all this money. And then they can still go on and make chips in other countries just like they have been. I'm not saying every company is going to actually do that. But with money that comes from our federal government like that, instead of the customer, you're giving the government power over that company rather than who they're supposed to serve. Intel isn't supposed to serve the government, not unless the government is a customer who is buying microchips or laptops that have Intel processors. So my entire point is that the government is getting this giant chunk of money to manipulate the entire marketplace in America. And I mean, this is happening around the world, not just in America, but my focus is on the country that I live in. Um, and instead of competition, they're creating giant monopolies by literally giving some people billions of dollars and other people zero dollars. And they're literally taking money from those people. I don't manufacture microchips. I'm guessing that you don't manufacture microchips either. So did you get some money from this bill? I didn't, but I put money into the bill because they take my money for taxes. So that's my only point is that they're picking winners and losers and you're one of the losers just like me. Most, if you're the average citizen like I am, you are not benefiting greatly from all these different programs. Is my laptop cheaper because they paid that? You know, they sent all this money to Intel and Apple and, uh, you know, Microsoft and all these other huge tech companies. No, my laptops cost the same price. I mean, go look online. Is it is it any cheaper to buy microchips now? It, it doesn't appear to be. So um, they always do this and they think, oh, well, we're going to reduce the cost of this thing. That's not how it works. The companies might agree to a temporary cost cut based on getting funding and other projects, but as once that goes away, it's gone and it'll go right back up and they'll catch up with inflation just like they, you know, whatever profit margin they want, they're not going to just go, oh, well, let's get all this free money and lose our profit margins. That's not how it works. So I just want our money to be doing what we want with it. I don't want the federal government to do whatever they want with it. And I hope you agree. And we can get some people in Congress who agree with both of us then. And we can get some lowered tax rates. Or if you're for taxes, you know, or as as large as they are now, or even more, then get the people in there that will actually make the social programs that you like. Okay, because I don't want all these social programs, but I want some social programs. But I believe that we can fund those programs with far less money than we are, uh, you know, giving to the federal government right now. And that could be done on a much smaller scale in state level, local communities and from nonprofits as well. That's really all I have for today. I'll just leave you with, you know, a thought of what you could do with some of this extra tax money. You know, if we had no income tax, all right, instead of waiting for the government to give you health care college, affording a mortgage, you know, a new car, 
getting those child care tax credits and holding out until we get some federal vacation time put in place, which I don't ever see coming. But, you know, I'm, I'm for something like that. That would be nice uh, since we already pay them trillions of dollars. You know, you could get your own health care. You could pay for your own kids to go to college. Your kids could, you know, afford some of their own college as well. You know, you could buy your own new car because all that money that's coming out of your paycheck right now, I mean, even if you're in one of the lower margin tax rates, you could still be getting, you know, if you're making $1,000 a week right now, you're you're probably only getting $800. So, you know, what can you do with 200 extra dollars a week? Well, you know, a, a really expensive car is uh, $800 a month. So you could get a whole amazing $60,000 new truck or car. So um, with that tax money. And I'm not saying that you should do that. If you had that extra money, you should probably save it and invest. But if you want that new fancy car, you know, and the income tax randomly gets abolished, you can get that car. So, you know, all the people claiming they can't afford childcare, vacations, time off, mortgages. I mean, you, you could if you weren't getting all that money taken away from you in the form of taxes. So the government is taxing all of these people. And maybe I'd be more for an income tax if it started at 100,000, if it started at 200,000, but it doesn't. It starts at $12,000, okay? So if you make $12,000, they're gonna take 10% taxes on top of the Social Security, Medicaid and Medicare, which is another 15%. So you're literally gonna lose a quarter of your money if you make 12,000 or more dollars. And as it goes up, as you make more money, they just take more, okay? So, you know, this is why I want people who are going to be lowering the tax rate or trying to abolish it, getting a different type of tax for specific spending that I believe that, um, you know, the American citizens would believe in, not these 3,000 page uh, books full of spending, random spending in all sorts of different states you know, whatever these politicians want in their own states, their own districts, you know, to just try to appease their constituents so they vote for them again. I want bills that people can understand, have time to read, and we can know why they're spending the money. That's our money. So that's all the time I have for today. I just want to say, you know, whether or not you agree with my point of view, I just want you to understand that I care about the country. I care about the citizens of the country. I care about my, you know, local area and my friends and family. And my ideas, I just try to hone them into something that can help as much as possible. So I want the country to do better. I want my community to do better. And I think most of you do as well. Most people aren't out here, you know, hoping for the collapse of society, hoping for, you know, the collapse of their friends and families, you know, finances and lives. Um, of course, some people are out there and they do want the collapse of society. And those people, they have good intentions for that. Most of the people who literally want society to collapse, it's because they want a new and better system so badly that they're willing for society to collapse. So even those people still want a better society. So I believe it's almost everybody who wants us to live in a better society. So, you know, just trying to have some compassion 
for the other people out there who have different interests than you, different ideas on how to get to a better society, you know, working together and trying to have an understanding of why they have the beliefs that they have. So I believe that, you know, that's a message of unity. I want people to come together and work together to better this country and to take the power back as citizens. So when you're out there shopping, voting, or just making decisions in your own life, I just want you to remember your values. Thanks for listening and always vote your conscience.